show about a christmas classic on the road let's do it it's called vacation but it should be christmas staycation <laughs> yeah should be uh welcome back to wtm watch this movie i am eric Mulder. so he says wrecked him damn near killed him joining me today is mr positivity brett mm-hmm well, I just feel that we're all made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Oh, no, hell no, I'm a Christian, and you ain't going to sit there and blame God for how you look, okay? Uh, we were going to have Jason on the show. Uh, both you and Jason had never seen Christmas Vacation before. That's right. And, and we Jason both, saw it. We and, both watched it. And Jason hated it. Because he's fucking Scrooge or something. <laughs> this movie was fucking great. Yeah, so I didn't want him to be a stick on the mud on this Christmas classic. So no Christmas spirit. So I just told him to stay home. It was the right choice. It's probably my favorite Christmas movie. I had heard, you know, it had been built up a lot, so I was a little wary about, I was always a little concerned that things aren't going to live up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, I was telling you off air about, uh, you know, I'm not a huge Chevy Chase fan. The vacation movies I had seen weren't so great, mm-hmm. but this movie is fucking great. It's hilarious start to finish. Fantastic. It, it definitely lives up to the hype. Let's just get right into it. Um, it's from 1989, directed by Jeremiah S. Chechik, written by John Hughes, story by John Hughes, Christmas 55, or 59, I should say, and it was in a believe a december 1980 issue of national lampoon yes it's a fun fact starring chevy chase as clark griswold beverly d'angelo as ellen griswold juliette lewis as audrey griswold johnny galecki as rusty griswold then we get into john randolph as clark senior diane ladd as nora clark's mother eg marshall's art doris roberts francis Randy Quaid is Cousin Eddie. Liam Flynn is uh, Cousin Catherine. Uh, Cody Berger is Rocky, their son. Ellen Latson was Ruby Sue, their daughter. William Hickey is Lewis, Uncle Lewis. Uh, May Castell is Bethany, Aunt Bethany. Uh, Nicholas Guest as Todd, the next door neighbor. Julia Louis Dreyfus as Margot, um, his wife next door. Nicolette Scorsese is Mary. She is the uh, lingerie counter girl. Really? Yeah. Is she related to Martin? I don't believe so, no. I think I looked that up and nope. Because I would be really surprised if they came from the same family tree. Wouldn't that be something? She's like the Marilyn Munster of the Scorsese family. (laughs) 
Uh, Brian Doyle Murray as Frank Shirley. He's Clark's boss. It's about all the big names. Storyline. The Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turn into a big disaster. Predictably? That's why Jason hated it. Yeah, and he hadn't really seen any of the other vacation movies. I don't think you need to, but... uh, Yeah, help set up the characters. A little bit, but I mean... You could get get away with just watching this one. He was confused with some of the things Chevy Chase is doing. Like, does he always do that like big eyes thing? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) That's just a Chevy Chase thing. That's not even like a vacation. Yeah. That's that's just every Chevy Chase character (laughs) does that. Yep. Physical comedy. But it was it was really well done in this movie. Like, there's other ones where he kind of seems like he's slacking. Yeah. But uh, this one was on point. It was on fleek. Is, are they still saying that? I don't know. I don't even know what that is. On, you, don't, you don't remember on fleek? Mm-mm. It's a bit dated these days, I suppose. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... I've seen this on a lot of lists of... Sequels that are better than the original. I can kind of see it. Uh, it's a beloved movie. And, I mean, I do like the original Vacation quite a bit. You know, European's the one that's always much maligned. And don't watch European Vacation. And Vegas Vacation is seems to be just, just a half a step above that. That's rough. Because I did not like Vegas Vacation. Yeah. You just have to give it another try. <laughs> It's not National Lampoon, so probably not. Maybe that's that's part of its downfall, but I don't know. I think this one resonates a lot more. Yeah, this this one I I definitely think is better than the original. Like mm-hmm. the other, the original's good. Uh, I thought it was good, not great, but yeah, I agree with anybody that says this is better than the original. I always hear about this being one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, too, and I hear people talk all the time about how like even you mentioned you watch it every year so i i totally see why after watching it for the first time missed out on a what could have been a big part of your childhood could have been watching this the past 30 years yeah with the fam yeah especially your fam didn't uh throw it on tv what was your go-to christmas movie we didn't really have a go-to christmas movie like we saw the first two home alones in the theater um, but yeah, usually on Christmas we would just throw on TBS or USA Network and it was either one of the Indiana Jones movies or <laughs> more frequently it was Child's Play, or not Child's Play, Problem Child 1 and Problem Child 2. <laughs> and so, so that, those aren't Christmas movies, but those were always on on Christmas, so we'd just put that on in the background. Surprise, uh, TBS wasn't doing a Christmas story. Aren't they the ones that do a Christmas story, 24 hours? Yeah, I don't know when they started doing it 24 hours, though. Like, they used to do it maybe once or twice on Christmas. Um, So, yeah, I'd catch that from time to time, but I don't think they started doing the 24-hour thing until maybe the last 10 years. Yeah, this was featured heavily in our rotation. You know, it was on TV a lot and whatnot. Yeah. We'd watch the Home Alones, but we'd also watch Scrooged a lot. We'd watch that like five, six, seven times every Christmas because it would be on for a month leading up to Christmas. I think on like TBS. 
Yeah, that's another one that I never watched either. Um, I know that one is on all day on Christmas on the Stars Encore Network this year. There you go. So I'll try to find time to watch that. Yeah. For the first time. Hopefully I'm not disappointed by that too. Yeah, you got uh, old Bill Murray just being all scroogely. Yeah, you got Bill Murray in there. You got Brian Doyle Murray in here. I believe also Bill Murray's other brother is in Scrooge as well. I forget his name. I don't remember. He plays his actual brother in the movie. Okay. His character's brother. Like Brian Doyle Murray, I had only seen him in stuff that he did like late late nineties into the two thousands, and he doesn't. Like he looks a lot older. Yeah, but in this movie, he looks way more like Bill Murray than I had seen him in other movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in other stuff that I'd seen him in, I'm like, like his voice is instantly recognizable. Like, yeah, like he's got a really unique voice. Um, I think that mustache makes him look like Rushmore Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray kind of has that. He has that mustache in Rushmore, doesn't he? I don't. I kind of a similar Rushmore, mustache, but I don't remember. But like I knew his voice more than anything else, and then I found out that oh, that's Bill Murray's brother, and I'm like, oh, we don't look that much alike. And then I watched this, and I'm like, oh, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were uh, part of National Lampoon together. So, yeah, that's yeah. my story about Brian Doyle Murray. I mean, they're also together in Caddyshack, of course. That was back when Brian Doyle was pretty skinny. Seems like Raptor Caddyshack. Every, I mean, he's he's not a huge guy, but he's yeah. a bit portly, you know. And the way you see him in Christmas Vacation is kind of how you always see him and remember him. Yeah. And then you're in Caddyshack. You're like, why do I recognize that guy? You're like, oh, that's <laughs> Brian Doyle, with hair and skinny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have picked him out in Caddyshack. It's been so long since I've seen that for the first time. Mm-hmm. But. Uh. So yeah, this. Lovely gem of a movie. Got a nice special place in my heart. Get kind of sentimental about it sometimes, you know, at the end. Sometimes I get a little choked up when uh, they're all looking up. And Clark, uh, actually, no, they had left. I think it's just Clark by himself then. Well, the dog's in front of him. But yeah. he was looking up at the stars and or the, the shooting uh, reindeer. And the, the Santa. Santa. The reindeer go up there. <laughs> um, but he just kind of says to himself, you know, I did it. He's like, that's all he wanted was to give his family a good Christmas, and he finally did it. Well, he already put the down payment on that that pool (laughs) that they could use for about two months every year. (laughs) (laughs) In Chicago, yeah. Here's a fun fact. That Griswold Hall house is shot on the uh, one of the Warner Brothers lots, and their neighbor's house, where uh, Todd and Margot live. That's uh, that's the Murtaugh's house from all the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, I don't know if I would have recognized it. It's different seeing it from the left, from- I guess. <laughs> Not dead on. And yeah. constantly under construction. Because <laughs> in Lethal Weapon, even if they show it from that side, it's a different angle. Because they, they don't show the Griswold house. They show it just to the right of the Griswold house. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it's definitely different when they don't focus directly on the front of the house. Lethal Weapon, another great Christmas movie we should do sometime. Yeah, our next Christmas movie isn't a Christmas movie, we found out after yeah. rewatching it. 
I mean, I wasn't exactly sure or not. It had been forever since I'd seen Gremlins 2, but... It's a sequel to a Christmas movie. I'm sure people were kind of wondering. They're like, doing a bunch of Christmas movies. Okay, they got Die Hard, Christmas Vacation, Gremlins 2. I don't think that one's a Christmas movie. (laughs) And it's not at all. (laughs) But it is a sequel to a Christmas movie. It takes place in in the summer, so... Yeah. But, yeah, it definitely references a Christmas movie. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, it doesn't have to be strictly Christmas. It's Christmas adjacent. <laughs> yeah. And it was also a movie that Jason suggested, so I was really happy when we talked to him today. He wasn't like, oh, that one sucks too. I'm like, well, you fucking <laughs> wanted to do it. Well, no wonder it's not a Christmas movie. He hates Christmas, so he picked one that's not a Christmas movie, and he tricked us. Mr. Scrooge. Yeah, he forgot it wasn't a Christmas movie too. It's a Mandela effect. Yeah. Coming back in full force. There's a lot of shiny shit in Gremlins too, so it's probably easy to, <laughs> to get confused. Your head, you're just like, that was tinsel, right? Tinsel? <laughs> Decorated? There must be a wreath with Christmas lights somewhere in there. <laughs> nope. Anyways, let's get to Christmas Staycation. Yeah, this uh, opens up with a pretty sweet animated sequence. Yeah. I almost like it more and more every time I see it. It's a lot of fun. Kind of sets the tone for the movie. I think Friday After Next actually parodied that. Okay. Have you seen that? I've I've at least seen parts of it. It was a long fucking time ago, though. It's pretty good. I can't so you made me take it off the never list. I can't believe you hit it on the never list. It's funny. Oh, I assumed it was just god-awful. No, it's not. Don't assume. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'd seen most of it, at least, and I... It was very forgetful. And next Friday is the diminishing return on Friday. <laughs> next logical step. Yeah, I, I don't know. Next Friday almost like better than, or uh, Friday after next almost like better than next Friday. Mm. But I digress. I think I think they had an animated sequence for the titles in Friday after next that was similar to Christmas Vacation. I don't know. If it was technically an homage or, a, you know, whatever you'd call it. Yeah. But it looks similar. Um, so then it starts off with the Griswolds traveling to pick out their Christmas tree from the wilderness, I guess. <laughs> right? It's got to be authentic. Clark won't accept a, a tree off, a, you know, a half-dead tree off a, a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's going to go out in the woods and pick his own tree. So is it like he just going into a, a national preserve or something? I was wondering how the hell he's just able to go out and cut down random trees. I was kind of wondering that, too. <laughs> like, whose property are you going <laughs> cutting trees down? We seemed like there was some sort of a parking lot there for something. I don't know if it was a park or what. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of in the, well, it's in the middle of nowhere. And then they kind of like, walk into the middle of nowhere, like pretty much up a country. mountain. Yeah. I liked uh, that scene, too, because they're in the station wagon, you know, Mm -hmm. singing Christmas carols. Yeah. And uh, guys in the pickup truck start tailgating (laughs) Clark. (laughs) He's not having it. Clark is not one to be showing up on the road. No. And he always has a station wagon. You know. He's going to rev that that tiny little engine as fast (laughs) as it'll go every time. 
It was hilarious, too, because, like, uh, Ellen's like, just let him pass. And so he lets him pass, and then as they're passing, he's like, hey, look over there, and he flips them off. <laughs> and then as soon as they get in front of him, he's right on their ass. Well, they, they do that hard break. Yeah. Makes him kind of spin out a little bit, to which he immediately guns it again. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then they start racing. <laughs> uh, and he's... He starts playing chicken with some trucks up ahead, and he ends up underneath a log truck. Yeah. And uh, and then him and Ellen start fighting, and, you know, what are you doing? Why are you driving under this truck? And he's like, you think I did this on purpose? Yeah, that was a real stunt, too. The uh, stunt driver drove it at the same speed as the truck. Yeah. The only thing is uh, there's no way there would be a truck that has that much ground clearance. <laughs> I mean, there was like five feet of ground clearance. It's kind of like the Fast and Furious movies where they kind of jack up the trailers a little bit. Yeah, it's like those cars are low, but like if you drive if you drive next to a truck on the freeway, that fucking uh, the trailer is going down to about your door handle. Yep, on the on the average sedan, and uh, they fit the whole fucking wagon under it. And then uh, he gets out, jumps it over a snowbank, and lands. And you know his his uh, his station wagons they they take a beating, but they keep on ticking. Yeah, up until the like the early nineties, like they really made some uh, sturdy vehicles <laughs> under that plastic shit. Right, like there's so many movies where you get these older cars and they just like bounce off each other. No damage, no dents, no dings, <laughs> bumper's still intact. Mm-hmm. But if you do that with a modern day car and your shit's totaled. Yeah. But uh not not the Griswold uh family station wagon. So they get out there, the kids are cold of course, and wouldn't you know it, Clark forgets a saw. Yeah. I was wondering when they were walking out there, like how are they gonna cut this shit down and carry it back? <laughs> And then you still don't really know. Later right. you find out that he, he dug it out, but it's like, well, he wasn't carrying a shovel either. Well, it's like he just fucking grabbed it around the <laughs> trunk and yanked it out of the ground by the roots. Uh, nice little sight gag. Either that or they went and got the car and they they just uh, pulled it out. I'm guessing that's what set the tone for Jason. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's the, ridiculous. That didn't even make sense. There's no way he could pull it out of the ground. That's illogical. It was funny, too, because Audrey literally froze <laughs> completely. And uh, even her eyeballs. Like, would you look at that? Yeah, it's cool to see a young Juliette Lewis and Johnny Galecki. Do you have a clip for that or no? No, not for that. First clip is I, I like the, the lingerie joke. counter. I like the joke, too, uh, where... Uh, Clark's like this is the perfect tree and it's obviously like a like a 25 30 foot tall tree (laughs) (laughs) and and uh, Rusty goes dad that wouldn't even fit in our yard and Clark goes yeah it's going in the living room (laughs) (laughs) he just kind of cuts up the top a little bit and he has it all tied up and then he um, Ellen is wondering Clark you think there'll be you know room for the angel at the top he goes Oh, I'm sure, honey. Still a little pruning to do, but uh, you know, here's the Grizzle family Christmas tree, and he cuts the the rope, and everything just 
spreads out, <laughs> knocks the windows out. <laughs> Just Jesus. a little bit of sap. <laughs> a lot of sap in here. <laughs> Just a little sap. A little big. <laughs> Let's see. A lot of sap in here. A little full, a lot of sap. Yeah, I love that those those sight gags where he's trying to read the magazine with the sappy fingers and, and he gets it stuck in his wife's hair and on the lamp. Yeah. Just the how he uh downplays everything. Just everything's yeah. like kind of deadpan. <laughs> a lot of sap. A little full, a lot of sap. Like nothing is too ridiculous. He he's just ready for anything. On the cover of the magazine that Clark is reading in bed is actually the picture of the director of the movie. Nice little fun fact for you. Yeah, I didn't get a good look at it. I read that fun fact too, but uh, you're like, who's the, Jeremiah Chelchik? What? <laughs> watching the movie, I like. I can't tell who that is, but not worth looking. Yeah, it should be noted that he replaced Christopher Columbus as a director because Columbus started uh, as the film as director, but butted heads with Chevy Chase, and they did not get along. So he said he will not work with this man, Chevy Chase. So then John Hughes kind of made it up to him later and gave him the script to uh, Home Alone. Said, here, you go direct that. Yeah, I feel like that's not the only person I've heard say that. (laughs) (laughs) Chevy Chase is uh, quite known for being difficult. But uh, I I listened to the commentary track, and it was with Randy Quaid, Beverly D'Angelo, Miriam... What's her name? Uh, Eddie's wife on there. Uh, it had the director, the producer, Maddie Simmons, and then Johnny Galecki. I, I don't think Juliette Lewis. It is Johnny Galecki, but they all talked about, I mean, Beverly D'Angelo obviously got along with him great because they did at least four movies together. Yeah. Johnny Galecki said he was, he was great to work with. Uh, very nice to him. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why he would be difficult to work with. Like, he just does his scenes, and then if the director wants him to do more, he just stops, or what? Yeah, I mean, like, I was actually... I don't know what the complaints are. I was surprised that Brian Doyle Murray was in it, because, I mean, Chevy Chase was obviously in National Lampoon as well. However, mm. when they went to Saturday Night Live, him and Bill Murray, very famously, did not get along. And in Caddyshack, they only have one scene together. I mean, it was a great scene. They were professional doing it, but... I think it took some convincing to get them to do a scene together. It was kind of a thing where it was just like, well, we have these two icons. I mean, Rodney's in there, Ted Knight's in there, but yeah, the currently these two icons, like they got to share some screen time. Right. We can't let this film go without screen time. So it kind of took some doing, but you know, they got together and made comedy gold, but uh, they always kind of each one thought they were better than the other and uh, weren't too. That's, you know, that's weird. Like, didn't get along well so i thought maybe brian doyle wouldn't be in chevy's movie like it doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't want to work with somebody because you're you know i'm better than him and he thinks he's better than me well go and fucking one-up him do a better performance Mm -hmm. you know put it on screen but uh obviously you can't do christmas vacation without chevy chase after after doing the first two vacation what are you gonna have like a whole different family Mm-hmm. You have cousin Eddie's family as the 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 main characters. Well, that in the spinoff. What kind of movie is that? Who would see that movie? That's your next movie. <laughs> you got to see Christmas Vacation Two, cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. That's where he left the mainland. Which I, I've seen twice. 
<laughs> it was a straight to DVD sequel, I believe, in the very early 2000s. Oh my god! They it waited, might have been a TV movie. They waited that long. They're yeah, like, it was long. <laughs> they're thinking it's been about 13 years. You know, it's time to do the sequel to Christmas Vacation. Call Chevy. Is he? Va- no, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about Randy Quaid? See if it. Okay, obviously he's available. <laughs> <laughs> I had watched it back in high school with uh, my cousin or a buddy of mine. Like we rented it, knowing it was gonna be. Oh, this is gonna be a pile of shit. Let's watch this. This will be yeah. fun. And then I gave it to Alex and Sam for. Uh, Christmas one year, because we always do our shitty movie gift exchange. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, this year I gave uh, Alex and Sam Ernest Saves Christmas, and they gifted me Fred Claus. Ooh, which is a real winner. I think uh, I think they got the better end of that deal. See, the thing was, I I thought it Ernest Saves Christmas started out like it was like it was a lot of fun to. I guess watched like the first 20 minutes or so. And then it just kind of started going downhill. I remember watching all those Ernest movies when I was a kid, but I don't remember anything about what happened in them. Oh, really? I just remember. I'm pretty familiar with Ernest Scares Stupid. I used to watch that all the time. I remember Ernest and his friend Vern. <laughs> yeah. He was always talking to Vern, who is apparently the POV of every movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you, yep. like, as the viewer, you are Vern. Yeah, because Vern was the neighbor that he would pitch things to in the commercials that he was in in the 80s. Um, but yeah, Fred Claus had some funny moments in it. I'll give it that for being a crappy movie, but it's got Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti and then Kevin Spacey. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. See, uh, he's, is he the, crust, the crusty uh, antagonist? Yes. He's like the he's on some sort of a advisory or board or committee that oversees the North Pole. Oh, of course. And he's trying to shut it down. He's always trying to shut shit down. <laughs> it's like his character. Pretty much. I think he's being typecast. Yep. Not anymore, he's not. He's not getting cast, period. <laughs> Except for that, what was it? Billionaire Boys Club or something? Oh, is he in that? That's been on... That was uh, a very unfortunate title. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what network's been showing that lately, but that's been on, like, Cinemax or Showtime or something. I think that was... Is it Millionaire or Billionaire? I think it's Billionaire Boys Club. Let's see here. It did not look interesting. Yeah. Ansel Elgort, Elgort and Kevin Spacey. Taron Edgerton. They thought that was going to be a hit when they cast that movie. Those two guys are the ones that I always mix up because I think they're the same guy. Yeah. I think. Imagine your confusion when you watch that movie. I know, right? <laughs> which one is which? I hate that when there's movies where I don't know the actors very well and they kind of look alike because then like, I never can figure out who's who. Like, <laughs> Don't you just, aren't you in that, which one are you? <laughs> like every scene I have to figure out which character I'm watching. Yeah, you're much more comfortable when one actor is playing multiple roles. <laughs> At least they're <laughs> it's very obvious which one is which. <laughs> yeah, Showtime's been showing uh, Billionaire Boys Club lately. It's a group of vaulty boys in Los Angeles during the early 1980s establishes a get-rich-quick scheme 
or scam that turns deadly. 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I will not be watching that. <laughs> Where did we leave off? Are we... Uh, Cut the tree. He was laying in bed you know, with the sap. I know they go to work where he meet introduced to everyone at his office. I wrote down Jason Griswold, LOL. I think that's when he comes out with the chainsaw and the hockey mask. Yep. That, that's, was, uh, that was pretty hilarious. That's when the reference. neighbors sh- show up and we're going <laughs> to get a tree that big, Griswold. <laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> you can't talk to me that way. Um, I thought that was a, that was a pretty good uh, a reference there when he comes out with the hockey mask and the, yep. the chainsaw. And he's got it over his head like the ta- Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. Uh-huh. Um, good stuff. That was a good sight gig. Come on. How <laughs> do you not laugh at that? And then the joke on top of it, bend over and I'll show you. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Come on. This is fucking hilarious. Uh, Jason is missing out. Oh, my God. That sheltered childhood did him in, ruined yeah. Christmas for him. But, yeah, we, they do. Uh, it's weird how much time he spends at work for a vacation movie, isn't it? Well, it starts on, like, the... It's like the 14th 14th? or something. Like It's at least a week and a half before Christmas. Eddie, Cousin Eddie shows up on the 17th. Yeah, it's it's way before Christmas. (laughs) We're taking it with us when we leave here next month. It's like, (laughs) Jesus, everyone is there for over a week. Like the grandparents show up like two weeks early. Yeah. What? Don't you have other stuff to do? It's a vacation for everyone else. Yeah, I guess so. A two-week Christmas vacation, I guess. Well, Clark still has to go to work. Yeah. Where he's he's up for food editive designer of the year. <laughs> <laughs> his uh, that coworker that he's chummy with. Yeah. Uh, his name is uh, Sam McMurray. He's a great and drop dead gorgeous. He plays uh, Denise Richards' dad. He's hilarious. I've not seen that. I didn't go to your birthday that one year when you showed up. Yeah. Could have seen it on the big screen. I know. (laughs) I know. A Minnesota gem of a movie. Oh, yeah? I forget all the the additives they were talking about, but it was pretty hilarious. Like, There's one where it's like it keeps the milk from sticking to the cereal or something so it doesn't get soggy. Yeah. (laughs) It just sounds like poison. Like The way he describes it sounds like it's cancer- Waiting to happen. Well, at the beginning of uh, Vegas Vacation, he got another bonus, I believe, because some new idea he had for a food preservative was approved because he gives the Audrey and Rusty uh, cookies and milk. Yeah. And uh, how do you like those cookies? And like, they're pretty good. He goes, they're four years old. (laughs) And they spit them out. (laughs) And then uh, there was milk in a bag, like a little pouch. And it was all really old milk. But it was, you know, his food preservative worked, I guess. So they gave him a bunch of money and we're going to Vegas. Oh, man. And then this one, uh, one of his ideas is the the boss wants to present it at some conference. So he, he has to write up a summary of what it does, what it is, what it does. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny, too, because uh, his boss, who's played by Brian Doyle Murray, always has like five yes men following him around. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Typical 
Scrooge character. Then Clark's like talking shit to each one of them as they leave. Yeah. Right? Or, or he says bye to everybody and then there's one that he just like, fuck you or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, when he's talking to his co-worker, he, Chevy Chase has a, a Tasmanian devil mug, coffee mug, Taz. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. Miriam Flynn, who was a, you know, cousin Catherine, Eddie's wife, she was the voice of Taz's mother on the show. Nice little connection there. On the show? Mm-hmm. Animated series. Well, you know what I mean. Which one? On Looney Tunes? Yeah, in the cartoon. Tasmanian Devil had a mother? I guess. I don't remember that. Hold on a second. Make sure I get this right. Yep, she was a voice of Gene Tasmanian Devil on Tasmania, TV series from 91 to 93. She was in a TV movie called Her Life as a Man. Fun fact. <laughs> in case you didn't know. She did a lot of in case you were voice interested. work. Tasmania. I don't remember that show. Well, you do now. I always thought it was kind of weird, too, how uh, Clark just has that model of the pool in his office. It's like, what's he doing with that thing? Is that a gift from the from the pool store? <laughs> I don't know. You had people working around the clock build a model for this pool I want? Unless he built it himself. Maybe they give it to you when you hand over your deposit check. Yeah, maybe. Which he's spending money he doesn't have. Yeah. Good thing his That's wife... weeks ahead of time. How long are they going to take to cash that check? Good thing his wife doesn't look at the finances. Because <laughs> he is irresponsible. Even more evident by uh, Vegas vacation. <laughs> you got a family to feed, brother. <laughs> Everybody's worried about their bonus check at work, too. Like, you heard about the bonuses? Are we getting bonuses? Anybody? And nobody fucking asks. Nobody has the balls to ask the boss. Well, he's an asshole. He's a, he's a real Scrooge. I for, I think it's later. There's one scene where uh, Clark comes in to drop off a present for the boss, and he's like, mm-hmm. just put it over there with the others. And there's just a, a table with, like, 20 different presents on it. And they're all uh, watching it the second time recently. I noticed that. Every present was the same because they're all the exact same shape. Yeah. It was a weird shape where it was kind of a rectangle with uh, almost with like another box in the end of it. It was multi-layered. Yeah. If you want to call it that. Yeah. It was so they're all the exact same shape. Yeah. So we got the same too. present. It was funny too because he's like, I'm on an important call. And then he like hangs up the phone. <laughs> and then he like picks it up and asks his secretary to connect him to anybody. Just so, he, just so he can stop talking to Clark. <laughs> I hope my report helped out at the trade show. I'm sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even fucking know. <laughs> he doesn't remember. <laughs> That's how it goes, though. That's how it goes in the in the business world. So right after work, Clark's got to do some shopping. And I have a clip here. This is him at the lingerie counter. Can I show you something? Oh. I was just uh, smelling, smiling. I was just blouse browsing. <laughs> for your wife or your girlfriend? Oh. What? What happened? Woof! <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be any. 
Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are, harder than they are. Whew, it is warm in here. Well, you have your coat on. Yes. Oh, do I? How did that happen? Because it's cold out? Yes. Yes. It is. It's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> what did I say? Nipple? <laughs> oh, there is a nip in the air, though. Can I take something out for you? just looking at something for my wife. God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, she's not dead yet. We're just divorced. She's history. And obviously she doesn't wear underwear. <laughs> there are plenty of shopping days left until adulteries, adulthood, which is to say Christmas as a mule, mule log. Not a log, I don't have a log, but I mean, you know, just, if I had a log, not in the sense that you think I said I did. Good golly. Tis the season to be merry. Well, that's my name. Oh, shit. And what do these do? They clip on here? Down there? What do you like Sure. These are cut really high on the hip. Look, I'm wearing something similar. See? You can't see the line. Can't see the line, can you, Russ? No. God, what the hell is he talking about at the end there? He just keeps rambling and it gets worse and worse. <laughs> right? Not that I have a log. Not in the sense that you think I do. <laughs> <laughs> You'll log. <laughs> yeah, every movie he is very unfaithful to his wife. <laughs> First vacation, God, he's... God rest her soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's not dead. <laughs> Just divorced. She's history. <laughs> um, first vacation, he's gets caught skinny dipping with that other woman that he saw on the. Uh, I believe it was the same woman he saw on the road. Yeah, that he kind of races, and then European vacation. I can't remember. I think there's something. I don't know. I can't remember specifically. Uh, this one, there's the you know, the counter girl, and then he fantasizes about her later. And then Vegas Vacation, it's just a random, I think, blonde on the highway he sees again as he's driving driving to, around Vegas or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. But there that isn't one. like a – that one's kind of replaces that gag with Ellen because she's – Wayne Newton is fancy. Oh, yeah. He's uh, trying to court her, so she's hanging out with Wayne Newton a bunch. I kind of trade roles for a movie, I guess. But and then he always comes to his senses and like, oh yeah, I shouldn't yeah. be a piece of shit. I should be a good dad and husband. The yeah, the part at the end where Rusty just pops up, and then he realizes that Rusty is there, <laughs> and the look on his face. Just... Can't see the line, can you, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> and then they just quick cut to the next scene. They, he does the reaction shot, and then that's it. And it was like the perfect editing. Mm -hmm. He's like, you don't need to linger on that. You just need a quick shot of him realizing that his son just caught him lusting after that lingerie saleswoman. And then you're on to the next one. Next, uh, I think, is when the family starts to arrive, grandparents and whatnot. And uh, Clark starts trying to put up the lights. Yeah, he's all of a sudden very busy Yeah, putting the lights up. Got to check all the bulbs. 
untangle of it gets that big ball to Rusty. <laughs> Little knot here. Here, Rusty. <laughs> get these out. Uh, so good. Start stapling them to the uh, gutters, or right underneath the gutter, I suppose. Yeah. He gets caught and... He starts stapling his sleeve to the fucking house, and then he's like, he can't get it off. Mm-hmm. And he just starts ripping his sleeve off. And then, uh, what happens there? He, uh, oh, the, the ladder almost tips over. Oh, it tips backwards, but it hits the tree. Yeah. And then so he pushes himself forward, which kind of jars him off the ladder, and he's just hanging there. <laughs> which is pretty funny, because you think the ladder gag is he's just going to go straight down mm-hmm. to the to the front yard. And then, like, he's like, oh, I'm cool. I, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm fine. I, I, you know, I survived it. I uh, just go back like nothing happened. <laughs> the next thing you know, he's hanging from the gutters. Uh, yeah, because when he's up stapling later, that evening after the neighbors left, yeah, uh, he's stapling lights to the roof, and uh, he falls down and grabs into the gutter and, then the gutter breaks, and the ice from the gutter flies into the neighbor's house, destroying their stereo. It goes, and it goes through the window, and yeah, right into their audio equipment. Well, obviously something had to break the window. Something had to hit the stereo. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. <laughs> uh, I love their back and forth. Uh, that's uh, Nicholas Guest. That's Christopher Guest's brother. Another little fun fact. Christopher Guest was also part of National Lampoon. Um and you might recognize Julia Lee's Dreyfus <laughs> from a show called Seinfeld. Just just might. Or, you know, for the young kids these days, Veep. Veep, yeah. She's been veeping it up for a while. That's a thing that's on TV. Yeah. Wins Emmys. Quite a few of them. And she is very, very rich. Billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. She, got, she has old money. Besides that Seinfeld money, she has old money. Yeah, she out-earned her husband by quite a bit. I forget what who her husband is, but he's also an actor. Yeah, I think she she has uh, more money than Seinfeld even, because she had like a billion to start with. So, <laughs> <laughs> had a nice base, <laughs> nice base to work with. But yeah, it allows her to uh, pursue what she wants to pursue, which is kind of cool. Yeah, she's gonna do what she wants. She can pick and choose and. Just wait for good projects or things she's really passionate for. Mm-hmm. She obviously doesn't need the money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, their story is kind of unique. There's very little contact with the Griswolds directly. They have kind of like their own little movie. Yeah. Their own subplot storyline because there's the... They go out jogging and they come back and... It's like, I want to, what does he say? I want to lick you all over or something like, something that? like that. After you've taken a shower, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they have like those uh, reflective silver 
jogging suits. They're just straight up yuppies. Mm-hmm. Just late 80s, well-to-do yuppies, new money. Don't... Uh, they had quite the CD collection for late 80s. Yeah. That was destroyed by the ice, or at least the stereo was. They're not celebrating Christmas at all. They're... Uh, well, they contemplated getting a tree. <laughs> so even though it, you know it's tacky and cliche and all that, yeah. maybe we just get a little tree. And Todd's like, "Well, we're we gonna get a tree at this hour," and then it comes crashing through the window. <laughs> <laughs> and then Clark slowly pulls it out. <laughs> oh, the timing is so great. So good. I had another line here that uh, that was a little bit before. Uh, Audrey was in the kitchen talking to uh, Ellen about having to share a bed with her brother so that her grandparents can have her room. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was a great line from Ellen at the end of all the complaining. She goes, it's Christmas and we're all in misery. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't she also say something like she's like pounding drinks too? she's like, you know, I got to I got to take that job. Yeah, and smoking cigarettes, too. Yeah. She, she lights up some cigarettes. Are you smoking in the house? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't she make a comment like, you know, just deal with it, sleeping with your brother. I have to sleep with your father. Yeah. That type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty solid scene. Uh, that was, you know... Uh, Chevy Chase really steals the movie, but there are some scenes without him that are real classics too. Yeah. Well, then it's time for the uh, the big uh, light show, right? Yeah, drum roll, please. <laughs> he, he wants everyone it's so out in funny. the front yard to see the unveiling of the all the Christmas lights. Yeah, the drum roll line was pretty hilarious too, because like people just you know it's just a thing to say, and he. Literally waits until everybody's doing a drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, like, drum roll, please. And then you think, okay, he's just, you know, saying that to say it. And then he's just, like, looking at his wife, like, come on. Drum roll. Start the fucking drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the lights don't work. Yep. Of course. So he starts checking bulbs and fucking around with the shit. He has about... 25 plugs going into one outlet in the garage. Yeah. It's right by the light switch. Just a fire waiting to happen. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, make a gag out of that. That's like a super, fire. super common 80s trope, too, I think, mm-hmm. is having the too many cords in one outlet. No one really had power strips, at least not many of them. Everyone had like the, uh, it'd be an extension cord with maybe two plugs on it. Yeah. Or a, Maybe a some sort of a it wasn't a power strip, but they had those maybe like those six different ones that were just you plugged it into the outlet. Yeah, there was no cord like extension. Mm-hmm. It was just you plug it into this little box here. It was more of like a splitter than a yeah a power strip. And then you plug one of those into another one, and then another one, and then all of a sudden you get like thirty plugs and thirty cords in one plug. Uh, Clark's mom. Ends up going to the garage for something and flips on the light, and that's what triggers the lights to turn on, but only Clark sees it. Of course, when she leaves, she turns the lights off, and Ellen doesn't see it, so he's confused. And 
getting pissed off. Yeah. So, so actually, uh, he doesn't get him working till the next night, though. Yeah. Because uh, everybody else goes to bed. They're like, I got stuff to do, Dad. I got to go to bed. Mm. Things like that. And then the next day, everybody goes shopping except for Clark. Because he got <laughs> his shopping done. And he's going to go up in the attic and hide the presents in his super super secret hiding place. Yeah. Well, it is super secret because there's presents from... Like seven years ago in there. It was uh, like Mother's Day. 83 or something. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls it out. He's like, oh, (laughs) forgot about this. And uh, Doris Roberts is cold and wonder why the attic door is open. So she just closes it. (laughs) Just flips the stairs up and he's stuck up there. That was a great scene, too. I I thought that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Starts walking around. They got the... the, uh, the boards across the the slats, and he just keeps stepping on the loose part and hit himself in the face. That old gag. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then he's then he starts getting cold and he starts going through all the the old trunks of stuff and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing but ladies wear up there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's got his fur on, his little hat, his uh, pink gloves. Finds a Christmas 55 reel that he watches. Yeah. A little mini projector up there. Nice little moment with him and reminiscing about his old family Christmas. What he wants to give his current family. Right. At some point. Do he, it right. At some point he falls through the floor, but he lands on the top bunk bed in uh, one of the bedrooms. Yeah, <laughs> he just puts his hands down <laughs> to warm him up. <laughs> so you think he just bust out. He's like, well, I already got a big fucking hole in the roof. Right. The ceiling. I should just. Like no. grandpa was sleeping get out in that there. Way. Did you notice too that all the grandparents, like all the grandpas, were looking at like pornography in bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the posters are right in front of them because they put them right on the ceiling. One of them had a magazine, though. I think. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, the one had the poster right above the the bunk bed, and uh, they were going to bed happy. <laughs> Those old perverted grandparents. And then when everybody comes back from shopping, uh, Clark's watching his home movies, and he just happens to be sitting on the the uh, the stairs the staircase to the, from the attic, and uh, falls right through. <laughs> his wife comes and opens it up because she's gonna put stuff up there, and he comes tumbling out. I don't know how you can watch that and not laugh. I was laughing so hard at that I mean, scene. Chevy Chase was the king of Pratt oh Falls. Oh, my God. That scene was hilarious. In fact, he he hurts to this day from all the falls he used to do on Saturday Night Live. I bet. And in subsequent movies. Because he was so good, and good at it, especially when he was playing <laughs> Gerald Ford or something like that. He'd always be falling. And he did some damage on his joints and hips. and It looks like it. He looks like he uh, he's in pretty rough shape these days. Yeah, I mean, he's older Comparatively now, but speaking, but... He's interviewed on a uh, Norm MacDonald show on Netflix. Oh, yeah? He's, you know, looking pretty old on there. Well, I'm sure a lot of those falls were no pads. Yeah. Hard floor, no mats And on he always floor. fall down the stairs on Saturday Night Live. That's kind of <laughs> how he used to open the show, is he'd fall down those stairs. Whose idea is that? Let's do the stair gag again. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren Michaels, you're just sending him out there. Chevy, stairs, now. 
Yeah, quick uh, side note. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet and you're in the National Lampoon, you know, Caddyshack or uh, Animal House, Caddyshack wasn't a National Lampoon movie, but it was a bunch of National Lampoon people. But uh, if you go on uh, Netflix, a movie called A Feudal and Stupid uh, Gesture, uh, starring Will Forte, and uh, Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase. Uh, John Daly plays Bill Murray. <laughs> Seth Green has a small cameo as Christopher Guest. That was pretty funny. But there's a bunch of people in there, great cast. Uh, it's kind of the story of the the birth and, uh, I guess, the height of National Lampoon. The magazine, the radio show. You know, from there, people went to SNL, and they, started, they wrote Animal House was their first film. And uh, it's mostly about Doug Kenny. That's Will Forte's character. Uh, co-curator with his uh, I forget the name of his uh, of his writing partner but uh, is played by Domino Gleason. I had a lot of fun with that movie great cast should give her a look-see where are we at now so he just fell through the stairs yeah I think we're to the the next uh, so later that <clears throat> that night when he's trying to get the uh, the lights to work again he has a big freak out yeah, so he's to keep on turning on and off because he can't figure it out. He's good. Yeah, he thinks he's checked every bulb again, and they should be good, and it's still not working. And then people just happen to go in the garage and turn the light on, and that switch is controlling all the cords that uh, Chevy's trying to plug in to to light up the house. Yeah, before he actually gets it to work, though, he freaks out and starts punching all the reindeer and the Santa Claus. I believe Chevy Chase broke his pinky punching the Santa Claus. Yeah, Um, I read that, too. When I was watching the commentary, uh, the director confirmed that he hurt his hand, although he didn't say they necessarily broke it. Hmm. He just talked about Chevy Chase was complaining about it for days. So he hurt it bad if if he didn't break it, regardless, but... That was a pretty hilarious scene, too. Him just freaking out, <laughs> taking his lawn ornaments. In front of the whole family. <laughs> and then he finally gets it lit. And he's like, I did it. And did you notice uh, Rusty wasn't out there with the rest of the family looking at the lights? No. was. Yeah, he wasn't there because uh, child labor laws. He can only work for three hours or, or something like that. Johnny Galecki was talking about in the commentary. He said he, uh, they were, he had reached his capacity for shooting for the day, so he couldn't be in the scene because <laughs> they were trying to you know get through the scene and like yeah they won't notice it you know because yeah. there's a lot of people there. Yeah, there are, especially when they pan over and there's cousin Eddie and family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's meet cousin Eddie. <laughs> like where the fuck did he come from? Al sure does look swell, Clark. Thanks, Eddie. I hope it enhances your holiday spirit, (laughs) dear Catherine. Eddie? (laughs) Oh, the house is gorgeous, Clark. (laughs) Eddie? I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. (laughs) Kids, come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house. (laughs) Eddie? (laughs) 
Yeah, if you don't remember, this here is Rocky. <laughs> Have you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you remember Ruby Sue? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her eyes aren't crossed anymore. That's something, ain't it? Huh? She falls in a well, eyes go cross. She gets kicked by a mule, they go back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and this here's our pride and joy, Snots. Pretty name, Ed. Yeah, we named him that because he's got the sinus condition. <laughs> Snots, you roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. You ain't never seen a set on a dog like this one, Scott Clark. <laughs> That's okay, Eddie. <laughs> That's something, ain't it? You pet him, Clark, on the belly, and he'll love you till the day you die. <laughs> I really shouldn't. My hands are all chapped. <laughs> we were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> We have plenty of room. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin Eddie kind of steals the show a little bit, but a little bit. Just the introduction of each of his family members, or the the two kids and the dog. Just, the the line about uh, uh, Peggy Sue's eyes. Ruby <laughs> Sue. Ruby Sue. She falls down the, a well and her eyes go crossed. <laughs> she gets kicked by a dog. <laughs> they go back to normal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Rocky. Does he have one line? I think he might have one line in the movie. I can't remember. Maybe. But he doesn't really talk. But he has a lip fungus thing that hasn't quite been identified yet. <laughs> and then, He's got uh, a pretty sweet mullet, too. Yeah, when uh, Clark is fantasizing and is interrupted by Ruby Sue... He's, you know, he's like, what are you doing up? She's like, Rocky bit my thumb. So I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out, too, that they had that, that raggedy old RV in the driveway without anybody hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> Coasted in on fumes, dude. He just, <laughs> it was like a Prius. Wasn't using gas the last mile or so. Just coasting in. They traded their house for it. Yeah, he says at one point. Well, he says he uh, borrowed it from a buddy. He took the house, I took the RV, but and then later he levels with Clark. He's like, "Well, told you I borrowed it from my friend. That was a lie. We're living in it." <laughs> so did they have a house in the first one? Yeah, because they visit it on their vacation. I thought, I thought it was like a, a trailer. I think it was a house. Okay. I don't remember. In the Vegas vacation, it's a trailer. Ah, that must be what I was On some nice about. government land where they used to test A-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably own for that uh, that plate in his head. That's actually the next scene where they go to to set the snow saucer speed record. Yeah. And Eddie's like, I don't think so, Clark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember that plate in my head? The government plastic. <laughs> The government provides ready. I don't know what the hell happened to him and Nam, but yeah, they sure seem to keep on giving him. I don't know shitty consolation prizes, because that in the Vegas vacation, it's you know shitty land they used to test, you know, um, nuclear bombs on, and uh, 
they're gonna have a cookout and Chevy Chase is like need some help with the grill Eddie he goes no thanks Clark got it all taken care of and he see him throw a bunch of chicken breasts on a rock and he just because <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot in the Nevada <laughs> desert <laughs> can you believe it he goes I don't know probably like an acre or two yeah and he has no idea like how you know, they used to test a bombs out here. How awful he is! <laughs> he has no idea how awful he is. <laughs> he's more concerned. He's not really concerned about you know getting brain damage or anything. He's just concerned that he might dent his plastic plate in his head and throw off his hair part. Yeah, I think he might have gotten replaced for a metal one in vacation. They made it sound like he had a metal one, and then they replaced it with a plastic one. Okay. In this one. Yeah, maybe it was a metal one before. I, I can't remember. It's been forever since I've seen the first vacation. Maybe maybe in Vegas vacation it goes back to being metal. Yeah, so Clark was testing out his new uh, food additive to make things... Uh, <laughs> Super Pam. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Puts it on the, the metal uh, snow saucer and he says, here we go. And it goes at about the speed of light. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> <laughs> what did he crash? Did he crash into the house? No, he went through. He went through a little cabin or a shack on his way down. But then he crosses the uh, freeway. Yeah, and it goes into uh, uh, runs right into uh, I forget what it is. Right, right in front of Walmart. Was it like a donation center drop off type of little structure? Okay. And then he says something like, see, that's why I never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Let's see where we at next here. here. I got a nice, another little clip here. This is Eddie and uh, Clark talking in the house by the tree. This is when we're introduced to uh, the Wally World mugs, the eggnog mugs. Yeah. See, originally I always thought that they were just you know, like Christmas theme, like, you know, moose mugs. But then like the trivia was, well, these are Wally World mugs. And I was like, oh, duh. Because I believe the mascot yeah. for Wally World was a moose. It was. It's a big animal with antlers. I don't think it was an elk. I think it was just a moose. It was a moose, yes. So it makes sense that they would have Wally World Christmas mugs. Throwback. Eggnog mugs. And of course, uh, Cousin Eddie, he's looking, he's looking styling in that white turtleneck with the black dicky. <laughs> That you can see right through his fucking sweater. <laughs> <laughs> so you just see the top of the dickie. <laughs> uh, all right, here's that clip. What a character. That's a honey of a tree, Clark. You real? Yeah. yeah. Dug it out of the ground myself. That a fact. Hey, hey, get out of there. Stop. No. No, don't worry about it, Clark. Little tree water ain't going to hurt him. Before we left, he drank a half a quart of pins oil. Boy, when he lifted his leg the next morning. <laughs> Eddie, if he drinks the water out of there, the tree's going to dry up. Come on, out of there. It's not. Out, out, out. You get out of there. Come on, get in the kitchen now. Get in the kitchen there. Get you something to eat. Go on. He's cute, ain't he? Only problem is he's got a little bit of Mississippi leg hound in him. If the mood catches him right, he'll grab your leg and just go to town. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want him around if you wear his short pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> A word of warning, though, if he does lay into you, it's best to just let him finish. 
believe you're actually standing here in my living room, Eddie. Mm. <laughs> Never thought the day would come. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Yeah. It's a crying shame the older kids couldn't make it. I'll, I'll get that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I got the daughter in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey. And the older boy, bless his soul, is preparing for his career. College? Carnival. You gotta be proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, last season he was a picture dust spreader on a Celtic world. He thinks that maybe next year he'll be guessing people's waiter barking for the yak woman. You ever see her? No. Yeah, she's got these big horns growing right out above her ear. Yeah, she's ugly as sin, but a sweet gal and a hell of a good cook. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Just glad to be here. Yeah. So, when did you get the uh, tenement on wheels? Oh, that there, that, uh, that's an RV. Yeah, yeah, I barred it off a buddy of mine. He took my house. I took the RV. <laughs> it's a good-looking vehicle, ain't it? Yeah, it's so nice parked in the driveway. Yeah, it sure does. But don't you go falling in love with it now, because we're taking it with us when we leave here next month. <laughs> <laughs> Chevy Chase and Randy Quaid's chemistry is so good in here. I mean, pretty much in all the vacation movies, but... It's like they're not even listening to each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take you, uh, <laughs> take you. I'm gonna drive you miles away. And leave you for dead. <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine, Clark. <laughs> uh, and then the story about the dog. They drank half quart of Pennzoil all the way over. <laughs> um. Yeah, you never really know what the hell is going on with Cousin Eddie's kids, how many there are, where where they are. Yeah. They're always all over the place in all the movies. You don't really really get to know them. Like, even in uh, Vegas Vacation, I'm trying to think. There's at least two that I can think of. I don't know if there's four, though. I guess by then they graduated from the carnival, I guess. <laughs> Another one might have been cured off the wild turkey, but I believe Bart. it's Ruby Sue and Rocky that are kind of growing up in Vegas vacation, you know, as late teens. But Ruby Sue was a was a dancer <laughs> in Vegas. <laughs> of course. Of course. If that is Ruby Sue, I mean I think it's their youngest still. They don't have any other new kids. Where, so uh, it'd have to be Ruby Sue. What's what's funny is that uh Eddie's kids seem to age pretty normally, but Clark's kids don't. Yeah, because European vacation, Rusty is older than Johnny Galecki is in this one. <laughs> it's the it's the main kid from Night of the Creeps is Rusty in European vacation. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is, it, is he a redhead? I think he has red hair. Oh, I forget. But... He's, I think, older then than Rusty and Johnny Galecki is now. I think he was 13 when he was making this movie, he said. Which they do kind of joke about in uh, Vegas Vacation about all the different actors and actresses that have played Rusty and Audrey over the years. And Clark is talking about it and saying, oh, you know, I don't even 
They'll even hardly recognize you two. Yeah, Jason Lively was rusty in European Vacation. He was born in 68, and that movie came out in 85. Just <laughs> one year before Night of the Creeps. So you'd have been about 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Is that how the math works? Yeah, and Johnny Galecki's 13 in Christmas Vacation, which is four years later. Yeah. Oh, well. And then uh, Dana Hill played Audrey in uh, European Vacation. She was born in 64. So she would have been 21. Juliette Lewis could pass for like an 18 or a 19. I mean, I'm sure she was 19 at the time or something like that. But No, I think she was younger because she did... 17? Uh, she did... Um, oh, what's that? That Scorsese movie with De Niro. Uh, Cape Fear. Yep. She was born in 73. So she would have been about 16. Yeah, I suppose. Cape Fear was 91, so... Glecky was born in 75, so he would have been about 13 or 14. So yeah, the uh, the kids were much younger than in European Vacation. Uh, should we get to the dinner then? Sure. Yeah, I played a clip from the dinner scene in our Top 5 Dinner Scene episode few weeks ago so i won't play it here but uh this is a great dinner scene great sight gags has the turkey that looks amazing as soon as clark cuts into it just <laughs> <laughs> so he left it in way too long do we talk about uh, is uh is that my headphones or my mic your mic hmm. well he has the fantasy where he's looking out we kind of touched on it a little bit where yeah he's, fantasizing about the pool in the uh, and he's basically jerking off in the kitchen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looking out the window <laughs> speaking of no one's looking um yeah that's uh the lingerie counter lady that's uh about to dive in the pool with right. the red swimsuit she takes it off yeah kicks it at the window which is pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> clark's uh, taken aback by it like, oh He's about to hit the climax, and there's Peggy or uh, Ruby Sue. Yep. To interrupt. So him. he was already half of it was already ruined by seeing Cousin Eddie in his own fantasy. <laughs> it's like, well, you're the one fantasizing it. But his, you know, his family just barges into his fantasies. Everything, everything. I noticed too. Uh, there's one scene where Clark has a Blackhawks jersey on, and it says Griswold on the back, and I assume that's a custom jersey. <laughs> About 15 years before custom jerseys were fashionable. I suppose. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That's just me. <laughs> Unless there was a player on the Blackhawks named Griswold back then. Yeah, that Bears hat he wears in all four vacation movies, I believe. The same one. It's only in Chicago because uh, John Hughes yep. refuses to set a movie anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the Coen brothers. There's only like two set in Minnesota. What was the other one? Serious Man. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It was filmed about two, three blocks that way. Sounds too serious. Mm-hmm. Are there jokes in it? Yeah. They don't really write jokes, though. Yeah. Well, weed's involved, so. It's a, oh, I see. There's a kind of a stonerish subplot. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I noticed the Blackhawks jersey on uh, Clark when he was looking out the window in the morning. 
as Eddie unloads his RV's payload. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, shit was full. Like I, I mentioned to you, like I had heard that people talk about that line before, and then, like the first time he says it, I'm like, it wasn't that funny. And then like the Todd comes out of his house and he says it to him, and it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was. Like the repetition just made it funnier. The expression hey. on the yuppies' faces. Hey, shitter was full. <laughs> just dumping sewage, <laughs> just out of reach of their front yard. Just down the storm drain. <laughs> Clark's like, you know, I pity the person who lights a match within you know fifty feet of it. Which put that in your mind for later. That's foreshadowing. That's good filmmaking. <laughs> Come on, Jason. It's clever. He it said sets it, him up and then knocks him down. Jason said he didn't like it because it's silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's supposed to be. That's intentional. And maybe I'll let Jason defend himself and present his case for why this movie isn't good, and then I'll cut it all out of the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> what you should do is let him do it. And then cut it up so that he <laughs> says what you want him to say. Yeah. You just make him say anything that you want. He said, this is not a good movie. It's just, this is a good movie. Yeah. And then we get to the Christmas dinner, which we kind of touched on. With the turkey falling apart. Just yeah. wheezing as it falls open. Everyone kind of has their own little food gag that they're doing. Yeah. You know, Clark's really trying to bite that shit down. Just pouring gravy on everything. <laughs> uh, Ellen is flicking the food off of her fork, pretending to eat it. That's pretty good. Somebody, oh, somebody's feeding the... Or no, the dog was eating out of the trash. That's yeah. Right. Cousin Eddie's like taking the sides and he's t- testing them off the spoon before he puts it on <laughs> <Yeah>. his plate. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Like, There's oh. the great prayer from Aunt Bethany. You know, they wanted her to say grace because it was her 80th Christmas. Yeah. Bethany, do you want to say grace? <laughs> Pledge allegiance to the flag. Of course, they Eddie. want you to say grace. <laughs> grace, she died <laughs> 30 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> the blessing. Of course, Eddie stands up, puts his hand over his heart. <laughs> Of course, that's another callback at the end when she starts singing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. And all the cops and everyone <laughs> starts singing too. She was the original voice of Betty Boop and Olive Oil. Oh. Well, that's a nice little fun fact. Interesting. Yeah, May Castell. Or Questel. Q-U-E-S-T-E-L. Questel? Aunt Bethany. Questel. Make questel. Doesn't Snot start choking on something? And Eddie's just like, oh, they'll let him work it out. Hacking out a bone. <laughs> thought he's probably just going on through your trash. <laughs> <laughs> then the cat's getting into the the Christmas lights. Yep. Uh, be right before we get to that, I wanted to bring it up. That conversation between Ruby Sue and Clark when he interrupts her jerking it yeah (laughs) 
or Metaphor- mentally jerking it. Metaphorically. He's asking if she's excited or nervous. She's like, shit and bricks. <laughs> he says, you shouldn't say that word. <laughs> Sorry, you shouldn't rocks. <laughs> yeah. uh, kid swearing is hilarious, always. Yeah, that was that was pretty good, too. I like that. This is PG-13, but, you know, this yeah. is still quite edited quite a bit, certain parts on TV. Yeah. Clark lets the effort fly out. You know, this would be the best Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. You think there's gonna be more F words in that rant he goes on, but Yeah. He just says shit a few times, I think. They keep it pretty clean. I think it was probably that pool scene is uh what pushed it over the the PG thirteen on top of the, the F bomb. Yeah, you got the side boob. They probably put the F bomb in there just because it was gonna be PG thirteen anyways. Yeah. So let's get back to the cat that spent all nine lives at once. <laughs> it's the cat that Aunt Bethany wrapped up as a present. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that either. <laughs> this, this present's <laughs> meowing. Aunt Bethany just wraps up random shit in her house <laughs> <laughs> and brings it as presents, and one of them was meowing. <laughs> the other one was leaking with uh, her jello mold, <laughs> and then when they took it out, he noticed that there was cat food in it. <laughs> yeah. It's like the cat, cats so. eat Jello, like because uh, uh, Ra- our uh, cousin Eddie keeps remarking about how much he loves the Jello. <laughs> or was there like cat shit in it? I forget. I think it was it was like uh, kibbles and bits type stuff. Okay, it was like hard cat food. Yeah, there's something in there. But yeah, it was it was pretty hilarious with Clark holding the the present with the cat, <laughs> and then once in a while it just go crazy. <laughs> Like, I wonder how they did that. Really seemed like there was a real cat in there. Yeah, I th- he probably just did it himself. It just started shaking. Yeah, it, but, it, but was it was going at unnatural movements. Yeah. To, you know, in relation to his hand. So maybe they had some was, fishing line. Yeah, it was really strung well done. to it or something. It was a really good gag. Like, it was. I don't know who thought of that. Obviously, John Hughes probably thought of that, but. The fact that the senile old woman just wrapped up her cat in a <laughs> Christmas present, <laughs> and then it's going crazy. You know, like Clark's like, "Well, then we'll have a cat running around the house." After he was already like, <laughs> yeah. "We're gonna have a dog running around the house." He didn't want to get a squirrel. He didn't want to get it uh, out of the box. <laughs> I mean, that cat was probably gonna die anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They didn't really look like they wanted to take care of it at all or <laughs> give it to the kids. Who knows what Aunt Bethany was doing to that thing, like, as far as taking care of it. It was probably not in very good hands. Aunt Bethany had some kind of dementia or Alzheimer's, yeah, which the, uh, is not funny. We can't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, studio executives wanted this scene cut. They thought it was going to be too over the line for people to kill the cat. But uh, at a test screening, it tested through the roof. It was people's favorite scene. And plus, uh, the producer, Maddie Simmons, and the director were adamant that it stay. And I, so the execs you know, kind of relaxed on that after it was such a big hit at test screenings. Well, like, who's going to be mad at a cat dying? A dog dying, and I can see that. <laughs> like, Well, nowadays, people would be mad, but there's 89. A, there's a lot funny. of movies where dogs get killed. These days, and it's in poor taste. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's ever in poor taste to kill a cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that double standard. What a way to go, too. It just totally got fried. So where do we get to next? Well, Uncle Lewis is looking at the tree while he's lighting his yep. cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it go up so fast, do you think? Probably all that sap. I suppose. I don't know. Is sap flammable? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, how did it? It must be, I guess. Well, it was probably dry because Snot kept drinking the water out of it. Yep. Maybe that was also, well, I mean, plus not drank the water out of it about a week prior. <laughs> so, <laughs> since they've been there since the fucking 17th. That's right. And it's Christmas Eve now. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> they probably never put any more water in there. <laughs> and if they did, the dog probably just drank it immediately. So Yeah. Yeah, it was probably pretty dry at that point. Uh, so, obviously, the tree goes up. Lewis catches on fire. What are you looking at? (laughs) (laughs) He has no idea. Yeah. So Clark is starting to lose it a little bit. So he goes outside and cuts down another tree, which crashes through Margo and Todd's window, (laughs) as as we mentioned earlier. And he brings it back inside. Little does he know there's a squirrel inside the tree. Oh, yeah. Is that the turning point for Margo, where she just flips out on Todd? Yeah, because... She wants Todd to do something. She's like, you're not man enough. I, I'll go over there and do it. And that's when the dog was chasing the squirrel around the house, just destroying everything. Clark opens up the door just as she's getting oh, yeah. there. So the dog and squirrel just jump right, jump right into her. Yeah. And uh, she kind of gets tore up a little bit from that. But it's so funny because Clark opens up the door and they land on her and he just shuts real quick and goes, <laughs> gone. <laughs> No problem solved. <laughs> like it's stuff like that that is just makes the movie. Like I know Chevy like we talked before, Chevy Chase does that in a lot of movies, but there there are other ones where he, it just seems kinda lazy. Mm-hmm. But this one he was just like perfect. Yeah, perfect timing. Well he uh even before the squirrel showed up, he got his uh what he thought was his bonus. No, that was that's right after that, I believe. I have it written be, Jelly of the Month Club written before Squirrel, so Okay. I don't know. Either way Yeah, I suppose. The uh Well we could play that clip. The courier shows up on Christmas Eve with an envelope from Clark's uh employer. Mm. And he's like, Here it is. It fell between the seats. I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, you got the clip, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry if I've been a little short with everyone lately. It's, I've been waiting for this bonus. <laughs> to make sure the pool goes in as soon as the ground thaws, I had to lay out the money in advance. And until this little miracle arrived, I didn't have enough in my account to cover the check I wrote. Tear the sucker open, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough left over. I'm going to fly you all down here to help us dedicate it. I can't swim, Clark. I know that, Eddie. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. 
What's wrong? Honey. <laughs> it's bigger than you expected? <laughs> <laughs> Smaller? <laughs> what is it? It's a, a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> oh, God. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. I'm sorry, Clark. This isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Son. last-minute gift ideas for me. I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood... Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? It's pretty impressive. So good. Clark, I can't swim. I know that, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, he memorized some of that, but I guess a lot of the cast standing there in front of him or holding up cue cards when the camera cuts away. You can't see it, of course, but hmm. once it first cuts and cuts back, I guess when it cuts back, they're holding cards and he's kind of able to see a bunch of the insults. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is edited out on TV. Yeah, I don't know. He drops a couple of shits in there. And... Dickless? I don't know if you say dickless. I think so. It was weird. Dodgeball was on TV the other night, and there's the part where uh, Patches O'Houlihan is – he gives uh, Peter his, his scarf. He's like, you're a real leader, you know. I got some hookers in my room. Want to celebrate my treat? And he's like, no, no, I'm good with patches. And he goes, suit yourself, queer. Yeah. They showed that. They said queer. And then later when he says that line about can somebody catch a damn ball, it's like watching a bunch of retards trying to hump a doorknob. They edited out retard. It just blank. It was just dead air. Yeah. So I was like, so you can say queer, <laughs> but you can't say retard. Found it very surprising that they allowed a gay slur. Yeah. And not the R word. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird because usually both of those are, are edited out. Yeah, that reminds me. There was a this season of Always Sunny, they had uh, that pseudo clip show episode. Mm-hmm. And it was uncensored, except for in one scene. Santa Claus says uh, about Charlie's is what the fuck is wrong with him? Is he a beep? Mm-hmm. They censored the R word. They censored retard, but they did not censor a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> on basic cable television. I'm like, now your editing is all over the map. Where, where is the line here? I'm so confused on what's okay and what's not. <laughs> like, if you're gonna censor something, why don't you censor everything? Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I 
I never, I obviously, I've never seen this on Christmas Vacation on uh, basic cable, but it would be kind of interesting to see what they let fly and what they don't. I doubt you could say Shitter was full. Yeah, I wonder how they do that line. If they just mute it out or if they have a, a substitute. Was full. <laughs> That's all you get. Maybe they replace it with crapper or something. Yeah. Really poor dubbing. Die Hard has some famously great dubs, especially in the second one. Yeah. At the, right before he lights the jet fuel, you know, he says, Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Except on TV, it says, Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> it's like, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Falcon? Like, who is that? What? <laughs> <laughs> which which character is Mr. Falcon? <laughs> Uh, another Christmas movie. May also do it next year. We'll do Lethal Weapon and Die Hard 2. Yeah. Give me some good ones. No more Gremlins. We'll be yeah. out of Gremlins. Although they're making a, tentatively making a third Gremlins movie right now. Ooh. Uh, so Eddie, you know, Eddie takes Clark seriously. Yep. Clark says, you know, if anybody wants a last minute Christmas idea, go kidnap my, <laughs> my boss. <laughs> Get him out of bed in his, you know, fancy house in the rich part of town. Mm-hmm. And so Eddie's like, I'll see you later. Uh, and then he goes and gets some. I love it when the wife calls the cops and she's talking on the phone and she says something like, it's a real a beast of a man. He was, and he was wearing a blue leisure suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her description of him is, just, uh, you know, amazing. Of course, when Eddie comes back with Mr. Shirley, nobody knows how to react to that. Yeah. And Eddie's just, like, so proud of himself. He's like, I got, I did exactly what you said you Even wanted. He has a bow on him. <laughs> so, of course, they everyone kind of berates him and, and makes then, him feel bad for cutting out bonuses. And then all the police show up. The great uh, Here Comes Santa Claus in the background song. Yeah, they raid that house. Oh, my God. Come crashing through the windows. Breaking windows, breaking doors. <laughs> Got the whole SWAT team there. Like, the entire Chicago PD showed up. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes. It's pretty good. <laughs> one rich guy, one rich white guy in Chicago gets kidnapped, <laughs> and they send out the whole PD. <laughs> it is so funny because, uh, you know, they tell everyone to freeze, and Ellen freezes her hand right on Chevy's crotch. On yeah. Clark's crotch, she's grabbing his dick there. Well, I, I think she had her hand behind him, and then if she shakes somebody's hand or she waves or something, well, and she then has she it, grabs it. No, she has it there, and it's frozen there. And when the wife comes in and she says, you know, welcome to our home, she shakes her hand and then she puts it back right on oh, his crotch okay. again. But, uh, yeah, that was improv, like the last take they did, and she wasn't sure if it would get in. I was like, oh, what a time it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the same thing. You know, there's been plenty of times where I'm sure a, a male, a man has grabbed a woman's breast as a quote-unquote joke or yeah, uh, did it as improv or right. like a movie set and maybe the woman was fine with it, maybe not, and like the scene's in the movie. And then same thing goes with this. She just grabs Chevy Chase's dick and it's like, <laughs> well, he went with it, of course. Yeah. He's not going to complain. But, uh, yeah, people he, took chances back then. He was a man in Hollywood. And you would better be right, or <laughs> or it's a thing now is what it yeah. is. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything that happened in the 80s is out in the light now. It's resurfacing. Yep. Just along with all your uh, 
not you personally, the universal <laughs> you, all of your uh, homophobic tweets from high school ten <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Uh, Just coincidentally, they resurface as soon as somebody has something good happen to them. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't have Twitter in high school or college. Oh, my God. Not, not necessarily because of homophobic tweets, just stupid shit I would have said, probably. Right? That's why I don't like. I don't want to be on social media because I'm afraid of that. Yeah. It's like, what would I say on the internet? And then it would be there for everybody to see and use against me. <laughs> I don't need that. In a court of law. I don't or need public that opinion. My, I don't need that in my life. So uh, everything gets solved. Boss ends up giving Clark his bonus from last year plus 20%. That's pretty generous. Yeah. I assume he's not going to do that for the rest of the company. <laughs> yeah. He says to his wife something like, you remember when I told you I was going to cut bonuses to save some money? And she's like, you didn't. Not bonuses. You didn't mm-hmm. actually go through with that. Like, yeah, I kind of did. Well, Clark had gotten a bonus 17 years in a row. And then Jelly Club membership. <laughs> So uh, they go outside, and, of course, Uncle Lewis throws his match, and it lights the methane, the raw sewage, and <laughs> sends the Santa sleigh and the reindeer shooting into the air, going across the moon. Classic. Classic yeah. shot. Of course, uh, Aunt Bethany starts singing the Star Spangled Banner, and uh, all the cops start singing along, and everyone's having a good time, and they have a nice little moment out there. And then Clark, you know, says, you know, I did it. He looks down at Snots just sitting there staring at him. It's like the credits start to roll. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. You gotta be heartless to dislike this movie. Yeah. Like, for real. Let's get into some more fun facts. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. So according to an article in the uh, on the making of Home Alone in Chicago Magazine, Chris Columbus states that he was the original director of this movie, Although he filmed some second unit establishing shots, which he claims are still in the finished film. He left after two meetings with Chevy Chase and told writer and producer John Hughes, there's no way I can do this movie. I know I need to work, but I can't do it with this guy. So he was sent the script to Home Alone in its place, which came out the next year. Here's a fun fact. Uh, That old Dodge pickup from the beginning, a tailgated Clark and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was previously used as Kurt Russell's work truck at Overboard, and they live. It's the truck in a lay live. It's your boy, Rowdy. Rowdy Rowdy <laughs> Piper. R.I.P. Here's another fun fact. As we kind of said earlier, the movie was based on John Hughes's short story, Christmas 59, uh, the second vacation story to be published in National Lampoon's magazine. The first was Vacation 58 which was the basis for the first vacation. Uh, Christmas Story was printed in December 1980, and the label on the home movie reel that Clark found in the attic was labeled Christmas 55, which is a further illusion. Here's a real downer of a trivia. The messenger who delivered Clark's Christmas bonus, quotes, was wearing a jacket that read Speedball Messenger Service. Speedball is a street term for a drug cocktail of heroin and cocaine, the same mixture that killed John Belushi. Yep. Why would you put that in there? Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. IMDb. So morbid. Here's a fun fact. Uh, When Cousin Eddie barges into the house with Clark's boss, 
Ellen jokingly tells uh, the cops uh, that this is the family's first kidnapping, which is actually wrong. Because in the first vacation, Clark held a security guard at Wally World hostage and forced him to take the family on rides. And then Ellen was also kidnapped at gunpoint in European vacation. So they've done quite a few. And something you don't really think about, Christmas Day is never actually comes in the movie. It ends on Christmas Eve. That's right. So you never get to Christmas. But, you know, maybe it's getting close to midnight. Who knows? Well, Die Hard was like that too, right? Yeah. It's all on Christmas Eve. Well, I'm sure that ended after midnight. I suppose. They were, they were there for a while. Uh, when shopping with Clark, Eddie asked Clark if uh, it was his company that killed all those people in India. He's referencing the Bhopal disaster, also known as the Union Carbide disaster, in which leaks from a Union Carbide pesticide plant escaped into the air. Uh, thousands of people died and many more were sickened. So yeah, it was like a big, it's like an 80s thing where there's yeah. all these like weird catastrophes that you're like, oh, really? Yeah. I only know about the Challenger. <laughs> well, they didn't have 24-hour news networks back then, so... Yeah. They only had about 30 minutes of news every day. So as the Griswolds are putting up the tree, uh, you can see It's a Wonderful Life shown in the background. Um, that film was directed by Frank Capra, and Capra's grandson, grandson Frank Capra III, was assistant director on this film. That's a little fun fact. Oh. The Housefront from Bewitched and the new Gidget appeared in the home movie that Clark was watching in the attic. I can't really picture the bewitched front, like house front, but apparently that's what it is. Yeah, it's been a long time since I watched Bewitched. Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray was also in the first Vacation movie. Uh, he played the uh, camp comfort clerk <laughs> where the Griswolds stopped to stay on their way to Wally World. Okay. This movie also has four Saturday Night Live alumni. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Brian Doyle Murray, Randy Quaid, and Chevy Chase. That scene where Clark chops off the null post uh, with the chainsaw. It's kind of a homage to It's a Wonderful Life. Because similarly, George Bailey was constantly irritated by a loose null post at the bottom of the stairs. So that's kind of what that's about. Okay. And Lewis and Bethany were based on George Burns and Gracie Allen. It was hoped George Burns would play Lewis. But uh, so they got, but they got you know William Hickey instead. But for some reason, I always thought that too. Like that looks like, you know, I didn't grow up with George Burns, but he always kind of yeah. knew his shtick with the cigar and the, his voice. And I was like, is, it, is that like a George Burns thing? And it always was. Yeah. So uh, Johnny Galecki and Juliet Lewis are brother and sister in this film. And apparently on that new show, The Connors, they are lovers. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that chase scene between the dog and the squirrel, uh, they had this really well-trained squirrel that they were practicing for like weeks and running through the scene and all that. And the trainer came up to Columbus, or not not Columbus, but uh, Chechik, the director. Mm-hmm. Like the day of the shoot, and was like, "Yeah, the squirrel's dead," and like he's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, they don't live long." <laughs> so they had to use this untrained squirrel, and then so they had to use a lot of like fake squirrel shots, and they only used the untrained squirrel sparingly because 
But it was like they said it was like perfect. They had everything set up. And yeah. Wow. They trained it. The squirrel do all the movements that they wanted, and probably from exertion. Yeah, maybe. And they worked that poor squirrel to death in this set. Poor squirrel. Should have gave it some acorns. Yeah. Well, about, that's that's about, all the fun facts I had. Do you have any more? How about this one? Lindsay Buckingham was offered the opportunity to write the theme for the movie, but declined because he didn't want to be known as only a soundtrack musician. And this is also the only movie where. Holiday Road mm-hmm. is not played throughout of the, the vacation movies. Which Great also, road trip song. Also by Lindsey Buckingham. So, good call, Lindsey. He's in Fleetwood Mac, no? Not sure. Lindsey Buckingham. I remember I was reading that trivia uh, a week ago when I was watching this late at night taking notes. I had a couple cocktails and I was like, fuck, I want to listen to Holiday Road right now. So I had to go on iTunes and buy that song right away. <laughs> All day <laughs> I was like, damn it, they don't play it in here. I should have had it in the beginning almost, but it's not a Christmas song. I can honestly say I've never thought to myself, man, I really need to hear Holiday Road right <laughs> now. So, well, I like the vacation movies more than you do, so. Yeah, uh, I don't care for that song. And I'm a big soundtrack so guy, much. 80s song guy, whatnot. Yeah. Well, that song might, is probably from the mid to late 70s, but. Yeah, I don't really uh, have anything else to add okay. as far as trivia goes. Well, we spent quite a long time on this. Damn. Let's wrap it up. Everybody get on Twitter and tell us how wrong Jason is about this fucking movie. Yeah. What a loser. It's just a stick in the mud. Hates Christmas Vacation. What? Yeah, reach out to us. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Stitcher. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you're off my case.